0: And welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Jing for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with the Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or any time you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Dao. In each episode, we'll do four things. 1. We'll read a verse of the Dao De Jing. 2. I'll break it down into everyday language. 3. I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And 4. I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Dao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day, by listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today, and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 9, Allowing Perfection Stretch a bow to the very full, and you will wish you had stopped in time. Temper a sword edge to its very sharpest, and the edge will not last long. When gold and jade fill your hall, you will not be able to keep them safe. To be proud with wealth and honor is to sow the seeds of one's own downfall. Retire when your work is done, such is heaven's way. That's verse 9 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Lin Yutang. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. I feel like the first part is showing us examples of when we overdo things. So stretching a bow to the very full wishing we had stopped in time means that it breaks <laughs> if, if we stretch it too far, tempering a sword edge. There's other versions of this translation where it's basically like hone a blade past it, like keep grinding away at it and it'll, you can sharpen something. So that it becomes, it becomes dull. When gold and jade fill your hall, you won't be able to keep them safe. In other words, we'll talk about this more further on in the episode, but I really liked this idea of trying to hoard wealth or trying to gather as much wealth as I can and then actually being not, and then not being able to, to safeguard it. And so this doesn't necessarily work for just money, it can also work for other forms of security that I try to get. One of those is emotional security. So those are examples of how we're doing it in part one. And I think that part two, the very pretty much like the very last line is retire when your work is done, such as Heaven's Way. And I think what Lao Tzu is telling us is just allow things to be as they are. When like have you ever have you ever overdone a piece of art? Have you ever done a painting or or a piece of writing or Have you ever just taken something way too far? The idea is that if we can just let things be whenever they're complete, we can allow them to be perfect. Okay, so that kind of sums up the verse for me. And to wrap it up, let's remember that verse 9 has two parts. The first part are examples of overdoing it. And the second part is just allowing things to be perfect. So let's go ahead and put that back together. I'll read verse nine again. Verse nine, stretch a bow to the very full and you will wish you had stopped in time. Temper a sword edge to its very sharpest and the edge will not last long. When gold and jade fill your hall, you will not be able to keep them safe. To be proud with wealth and honor is to sow the seeds of one's own downfall. Retire when your work is done. Such is heaven's way. Now, let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when I considered allowing perfection. There are three things. Number one is taking things too far. Number two is emotional security. And number three, I'd like to consider the idea that you are already perfect. Taking things too far. Lao Tzu is wonderfully clear in this verse. It's easy to understand that a knife that's been sharpened too much loses its edge, or that a vessel that is at capacity is overflowing, or will break if it's stretched too far. So why is it so hard for me to see that I already have enough? Why do I need to keep getting more and more to feel accomplished in life? I don't know about you, But there have been times when I've felt that it's never enough. And I've actually thought, yeah, I like this. This means I'm driven. Let me keep this feeling and I'll always be achieving. I mean, that's one way to keep myself motivated. But motivated for what? The relentless and persistent chase for more, for the next level, for what I thought was fulfillment in my younger years, that's what. Only it turned out that the more that I chased the money, the business, the prestige, the farther I got from actual fulfillment, (laughs) my ego had tricked me into thinking that the only way I could get fulfillment and purpose was to set goals, accomplish things and accumulate stuff. And I feel like I'm not the only one. I feel that this is a message that we hear over and over and I internalized this and I took it very seriously, but it took me many years of pain before I realized that fulfillment was not a byproduct of success like money is rather fulfillment and purpose. I realized are the feelings that I have when I know that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to at the time I'm doing it. So it seems that my ego is what tells me that it's never enough. My ego is a thing that money and possessions seem to satisfy. Only they don't because the ego always wants more validation. For the ego, it's never enough. My higher self, on the other hand, is a different story. It's a thing that experiences fulfillment and purpose. The feelings of fulfillment and purpose are not byproducts or anything, they just they happen in real time just like the needle of a compass points north it doesn't say oh if i do this and i accomplish that then i'll be able to point the way it just points north when i use it of course when i'm in the northern hemisphere fun fact the needle actually points to magnetic south in the southern hemisphere i googled that one which is kind of funny it's interesting anyways it's dope (laughs) because it makes sense right Okay, so if I'm present and doing what I'm supposed to and I know it, then I can feel like it's enough. I can then stop when the blade is honed and not dull the knife. I can be happy when my work is done and enjoy it for what it is. So how do I take action towards eliminating ego and feeling content with what is? Lao Tzu says that there's not really a direct way He says there's only looking in the opposite direction and moving towards that. So letting go of wanting emotional security by concentrating on the internal things rather than external things is one of the ways that we can eliminate ego and feel content with what is. And that's what the next part is all about. Emotional security. I'd like to share two stories with you. Once, when I was around five, I received a box of crayons. And I loved them because they were so colorful and just. I just felt inspired looking at them. One morning, I woke up and I decided to create with them. Instead of doing it on paper, though, I started coloring on the walls. <laughs> I legit saw nothing wrong with it. When I brought my mom in to see my work, all hell broke loose. I don't really remember much about what happened after that, but... I do remember feeling scared and guilty after being yelled at and a light beating. <laughs> I'm Gen X, so hitting your kids was still okay back then. Um, obviously, times have changed a little bit. Okay, so that's story number one. Story number two. Fast forward to actually just a couple weeks ago. A new supervisor replaced the old one and came into my professional life, changing procedures around. And after an email to everyone talking about how we were going to do things from now on, I felt perturbed. Overnight, what was normal had changed. The old supervisor was pretty hands-off and let me run things the way that they worked for me. Would the new one allow this? The tone of the email suggested not. So I became anxious and I really couldn't concentrate, maybe for the rest of the day. So, in both of these instances, that were at least 35 years apart, my emotional estate was affected by the actions of others. But what if I didn't have to let those things bother me? How would that even be possible? I'd like to pause for a second, and I'd like to define emotional security. Now, I know we're not supposed to use Wikipedia for actual legit research, but I feel that Wikipedia is useful in this case, uh, because it seems like a pretty legit definition. So I'm just going to go ahead and read this. So this came from Wikipedia. Emotional security is the measure of the stability of an individual's emotional state. Okay. Emotional insecurity or simply insecurity is a feeling of general unease or nervousness that may be triggered by perceiving of oneself to be vulnerable or inferior in some way, or a sense of vulnerability or instability which threatens one's self-image or ego. So we saw those two definite, one of basically opposites, right? So we, we heard about emotional security and then emotional insecurity. I think in any case, whether it was when I was little with crayons or now in my professional life or anywhere in between, I always have two choices when it comes to my emotions and in reaction to others number or in the pursuit of emotional security. Number one is that I can try to control everything around me so that the external world provides me with emotional stability or security or Number two, is I can accept things as they are without judgment of others or myself. I've found that controlling external factors is exhausting. And for me, it's pretty much impossible. (laughs) When I look around, even the Tao doesn't control everything. If I can concentrate on my my own emotional stability, I feel better more of the time and it's not so much work. So for me, the trick is to not buy into what others or myself are pushing on me. Thanks, Dan. I'm cured, you say, wiping sweat off your brow and giving me the thumbs up. But for real, what does this sorcery you speak of? Is this even possible? Not only do I say yes, but a thousand times yes. The Tao Te Ching is a wonderful teaching that can help you do this gradually. I've found that learning to let go of feelings is as simple as recognizing that they are there and then realizing that those feelings do not define me. As Eckhart Tolle says, you are not your thoughts. I would also add to that, you are not your feelings either. We're people after all, and we pick up on each other's energy. So it's natural to feel what others feel, but we don't have to let the feeling of others define our emotional states. Here's what I mean. I can help someone cope with a situation without feeling their feelings for them. I can accept responsibility for something without punishing myself and feeling guilty. I can look squarely at a fear or anxiety and realize that I just don't know what's going to happen and realize that that's messing with my sense of order. I don't have to actually subscribe to those feelings. I can take three steps to process them. One, become aware of them. Two, observe them and allow them to be present. And then three, thank them for their service, letting them go. Easier said than practiced, of course. This is a skill which I'm still working on and I don't think I'll ever be finished with. But it gets easier over time. And the rewards that I get from practicing it are simply awesome every time I do it. Perhaps it would make sense now to sum things up by saying that emotional security is really just me wanting to not feel something because that feeling tells me that it's a part of me. If this is the case, I can abandon identity and allow my feelings to take their natural course. I can stop wanting emotional security. It's in the wanting that creates resistance, which therefore creates the pain. I can stop acting in all kinds of ways to get it. I can keep my house unfilled with jade and gold and, in so doing, have nothing to guard. So what's the payoff of not wanting emotional security? Well, let's go on to the third idea in my interpretation of this verse to find out. If you're listening to this podcast, there is a chance that you have read or heard of a book called The Tao of Pooh by Benjamin Hoff. It's one of the first books that I read on Taoism when I was oh in high school. And it was amazing. It was actually the reason why I started getting into the Tao Te Ching in the first place. He writes on page 40... Or rather, he references an old story on page forty about the useless tree, and I would like to relate that to you now. Now, a quick thing that you should know: we reference a Chinese man called Zhuangzi. Zhuangzi was a scholar that wrote about the Dao Te Jing. In fact, he was probably one of the very first commenters on the Dao De Jing. And the other character is Huetsi. I'm pretty sure I mispronounced that. Please bear with me. Huetze was basically a critic of Shuangzi. Okay, enough. Let's get on with it. Huetze said to Xuangzi, I have a large tree with which no carpenter can cut into lumber. Its branches and trunk are crooked and tough, covered with bumps and depressions. No builder would turn his head to look at it. Your teachings are the same, useless, without value. Therefore, no one pays attention to them. As you know, Xuangse replied, a cat is very skilled at capturing its prey. Crouching low it can leap in any direction, pursuing whatever it is after. But when its attention is focused on such things, it can be easily caught with a net. On the other hand, a huge yak is not easily caught or overcome, It stands like a stone or a cloud in the sky, but for all its strength, it cannot catch a mouse. You complain that your tree is not valuable as lumber, but you could make use of the shade it provides, rest under its sheltering branches, and stroll beneath it, admiring its character and appearance. Since it would not be endangered by an axe, what could threaten its existence? It is useless to you only because you want to make it into something else and do not use it in its proper way. <laughs> I love that story. He <laughs> just like slaps him down, right? Um, all right. So here's, here's the takeaway that I, that I got from that. It was, so if there is a proper function and purpose for everything, don't you think there's one for you? And what if you don't know what it is? Do you have to know what it is before you proceed in life? Or can you just allow the Tao to use you for its intended purpose? This would be the non-action that Lao Tzu talks about. Could you be open to the possibility that in letting go of wanting to know your purpose, you clear the way for the Tao to actually show you? It took me many years before I let go. I was searching for purpose, trying to find it, trying to define myself. I needed to know. But the harder I searched, the emptier I became. I read about things and I read about people, case studies, lessons, areas of interest. And purpose still eluded me. In my frantic searching, I was fortunate enough to be interested in the Tao and even more fortunate enough to be willing to practice it. So little by little, verse by verse... I learned how letting go made me feel better at first. And since the relief was sweet, (laughs) I wanted more. So I kept going and finally got to a place where I learned from Lao Tzu that the act of looking for identity and purpose was blinding me to what was already there in front of me. I was the useless tree, berating myself for not being a piece of useful lumber, when in fact, all I had to do was realize that I could be of service to the Tao. And others in a way I hadn't thought of so I say to you allow carpenters to pass you by do you and watch what happens watch who you help and see what comes about as a result of your being here on earth don't concern yourself with others definitions of success just allow the Tao to fashion events and circumstances that will reveal you as you really are to you and the rest of the world. It is your willingness to allow the Tao plus your ability to consciously create that results in the magnificent impact that you have on yourself, those around you, humanity, and the universe. Let's go ahead and wrap up this section. My experience with this verse today, when I was considering allowing perfection, made me think about three things. One was taking things too far. The second thing I thought about was emotional security. And the third thing that I realized is that I and you are already perfect. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of allowing perfection in this verse today. We can do three things. One, we could observe when we are feeling like we don't have enough. Two, we can become aware of when we are allowing others to control our emotional states. And three, allowing ourselves to be perfect. As you listen to this episode, take a moment to consider your waking hours. Maybe you're just starting out your day, or maybe your day is complete. In any case, I invite you to pause for a moment and consider. Have there been any times lately where I've overindulged in anything? Was it because I wasn't paying attention? Was it because I was unaware of the Tao? Were there times when I was able to be satisfied with what I had? Didn't that feel good? What about contentment? Were there any times when I felt content? Remember, we're just asking ourselves to become aware of these things right now. No need to do anything about them. Now let's think about our interactions with others. Were there any times we felt stressed around other people? Were there times when we absorbed their energy? And what did we do with that energy? Did we resist it and allow it to tire us? Did we allow that energy to run through ours and just naturally dissipate? Did anything happen lately that caused me anxiety? Could I be open to the possibility that the anxiety was because I allowed outside events to influence my feelings about myself? Finally, let's open up just a little more. Let's become aware of the possibility that we might be perfect the way we are. Let's consider those around us that we love. Why do we love them? What do we love about them? Do we love our children? Our friends? Our pets? Are we the only ones who love them? Or are they loved by more than just us? Could we consider for just a moment that we are loved the same way we love them? That somewhere, someone, something loves us? Would we be willing to entertain the idea just for a moment that we are deeply loved? If you experience a little resistance to this idea, Could you be open to considering that your ego is telling you that? That since you are special and different, you're allowed to deny yourself the same love that everyone around you experiences. Can you see that this non-acceptance of self-love is from your ego instead of your higher self? Could you be willing to be like others and allow yourself to be loved and perfect? that'll wrap it up today to consider the principle of allowing perfection I can do three things number one I can observe when I'm feeling like I don't have enough number two I can become aware of when I'm allowing others to control my emotional state and three I can allow myself to be perfect close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 9. Stretch a bow to the very full, and you will wish you had stopped in time. Temper a sword edge to its very sharpest, and the edge will not last long. When gold and jade fill your hall, you will not be able to keep them safe. To be proud with wealth and honor, is to sow the seeds of one's own downfall. Retire when your work is done. Such is heaven's way. Thanks for listening to an episode of The Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. 1. We read a verse of the Tao Te Ching 2. We break it down into everyday language 3. We discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao and 4. We look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you, as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast, and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.